Yes, indeed, Father God, you know the war, <clears throat> beginning, middle, and end. You are the beginning. You are the Alpha, you are the Omega. I thank you, Father God, for giving us wisdom, divine counsel, the revelation of your love, your truth, your spirit, that we will not be ignorant, we will not uh, be confused, we will not be scattered, we will be focused, we will know what to do in these days, we'll know what is going on, that we will not be held in uh, that place of what's going on, what is this, we don't know. Lord God, your spirit wants us to know. You said you can know. So, Father, we ask that you give us wisdom and divine revelation about what is going on. And I thank you, Jesus, that you have already told us through your word exactly what is going on and what's going to happen. And you've given us power over all the power of the enemy. So, Lord God, I pray that you'd cause your people to come forth, come forth out of their slumber, out of their sleep, out of their stupor, out of their fears, out of their confusion, and get into this stand up and take and stand and having done all to stand to be not afraid lord god to pick up the word of god to stand for the word to preach the truth father that you give us the revelation of jesus christ i thank you for each one who's listening and those who will hear this along the way i pray father that we'd speak truly to their hearts that we would not just be uh, going through motions here we would actually become aware of who we are and what is going on and we thank you for this opportunity thank you jesus that for your wisdom Thank you that we will walk and speak and declare according to your anointing and your spirit. Father, we ask these things for divine protection for us, for our nation, that your will be done and is being done, Lord God, and that we will be in the midst of your will, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, a lot of us are looking around in our world and and we're saying, what is this? Yeah, what is this? We've come into a a, a not only a season, it's just from every direction. There's attack, there's confusion, there's fear, there's information, there's misinformation. Well, it's interesting because, you know, for many years, I think we've lived in a kind of a peaceful, semi-peaceful, quiet kind of life is normal. Everybody kind of does their thing and nothing is very exciting. It's all kind of boring. It just goes on and on. But recently, it seems like the Lord has begun to move in some very strange ways in our nation um, and in our in our personal lives, in the world, actually. And for many of us, you know, we've been, we're just kind of like, I see us like rubbing our eyes like you wake up from a deep sleep or, a, you know, a nap or even something like that. But you're, you're saying, what, what, what's going on here? I mean, this is weird. I mean, we've never had things like this before. This last year and a half has been an absolute takedown of everything we, we thought of as normal. Um, and I believe God is, this is exciting times because God is actually moving now. He's speaking now. He's doing things now. And although the things we see doing, as you just mentioned, and we'll get back to, um, don't seem to be, uh, uh, they seem to be unsettling. Yet God is moving and that is exciting. There's an old, <clears throat> excuse me, there's an old song from the 60s. There's a line from it I just thought of. Something's happening here, but it's not exactly clear. Yeah. And, and so this is what's going on. Well, it, the Lord has told us about these times. This yeah. is what we have to remember. 
you know, don't think it's, oh, this is strange. What, what, well, what it is here? strange, but it's now well, ours. It's, it's strange, but yet God has told us we were going to come into these times. Right. And um, he says in Luke chapter 21, verses 25 through 26, this is the, the, these are the words of Jesus. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars. We've seen some of this, right? A little, the, a little, little beginning. Bit, it's beginning. Know, blood moons, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the earth, distress of nations, mm-hmm. the people in distress with perplexity. We're wondering what is going on. People being puzzled, perplexed. The sea and the waves roaring, just uh, at the time of, of turbulence, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, verse twenty-six: men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken so there's there's fear or, or like what is going on well people already living in a low grade anxiety and now we have this on top of that we have this paralyzing fear or this you know people get afraid and these there's just stuck they don't know how to make what to make of this yeah you know, the fear of you know what's going to happen i mean i've lost my job i've lost my business um you know, fear of the, you know, coronavirus, you know, yeah. we need to have, you, know, are, we, yeah. we need to get the vaccine well, or you whatever. Know, these, look at yourself. Just let's apply this to our own lives, particularly. Where is the enemy really um, binding you up with fear? Is it fear of a, of the virus? Is it fear of, uh, I don't know what, you know, anxiety, your health, uh, your, where is the enemy binding you up with confusion when we can't seem to understand because what is really going on is being kept from us deceptively. Satan is, you know, creating information, misinformation, disinformation, um, partial information, and people are drawing... They're called lies. Right. (laughs) They're there always to divide and confuse. And we've seen this division. We've seen this tumult in the nation. We've seen all of this. But, But we have to give an account to ourselves, uh, to the Lord ourselves personally for what's going on here. And if that spirit of fear is overtaking you, terror, anxiety, which personally I have a hard time, thank you, Jesus, um, you know, actually empathizing with all of that because I think one of the reasons that I am not afraid is because the Word of God says, what time you are afraid, trust in the Lord. And so learning how to take care of yourself spiritually in these times by falling upon the Lord, by getting a, a truly, I believe what God wants here is for us, a truly intimate relationship with him where we're not just going through the motions of reading our Bible or going to church or, you know, whatever, uh, witnessing. We are actually in an intimate, desperate, daily conversation with God, the Holy Spirit, getting into that place of of being quieted before the Lord and and listening to him and knowing this, even in the midst of all of this turmoil, that God has got this. Yeah, uh, I I think of an old uh, painting that was entitled Peace. And and the painting had a, it was was along a rocky coast Mm -hmm. of, of the ocean. And there, the waves were roaring and crashing against the big rocks and boulders, and the wind was blowing, and the and the you know dark clouds on the horizon. And it was just a, just a scene of great turbulence, 
And uh, the guy that was looking at the painting at the art grail, he said, you know, peace, what, and this is not. It was titled a, a, peace? This, the title of the painting was peace. Yeah, mm-hmm. this does not really fit. And then the person that was with him said, look closer. Yeah. And looked in the in the crack on this one big rock, and there was a little bird sitting mm-hmm. just fine. In the cleft of the rock. Yes. And that's what the word, the Lord says, he will hide us in the cleft of the rock. But also, there has to be the storm. Uh, the storm has a purpose. The tempest has a purpose. And if we look in, for example, in Zechariah, I just you know, opened my Bible there this morning. It seemed to be exactly what we were thinking about um, uh, in verse in chapter 1. Um, the Lord is talking, uh, has been very angry with your fathers. That's what Zechariah is saying to the people. The Lord has been very angry with your fathers. Therefore, say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts. So we're, we're seeing here what... You know, what is God doing here? Ultimately, ultimately, bottom line, end of story, what is God doing here? That's what we want to know. Not, you know, we see the, the enemy, we see the, the craziness in, in, in all of what we've just seen, the most ridiculous, crazy, ever imagined um, installation of a, of a, of a president, um, the, the crazy things, the, the capital, you know, saturated with troops um the you know the the people being fearful and locked down and for a year and bogus despots of governors and things who dictate one like it's like a king who tells you tells his serfs and subjects what they can do and where is our freedom okay so we got all that going on but then the lord says therefore say to them the lord has been very angry with your fathers Thus says the Lord of hosts, again and again and again, this is always the same message from God. Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Uh, Do not be like your fathers to whom the former prophets preached, saying, thus says the Lord of hosts. Turn now from your evil ways and your evil deeds. But they would not hear nor heed me, says the Lord. So when God speaks and speaks and sends his prophets and we don't listen, then God has to bring more... um, definite um, means to get our attention. Yeah, so there's there are a lot of um, prophets or so-called prophets, a lot of false prophets. Jesus warned in uh, Matthew 24 and other places that in the last days there were going to be, you know, take heed yeah. that no man deceive, deceive you. you. So mm-hmm. there, were going to, there shall arise false prophets, uh, false Christ, which mm-hmm. shall deceive many. In mm-hmm. some translations, it says most. So the thing is, just because someone claims to be a prophet doesn't mean they're necessarily proclaiming the word of the Lord, even mm-hmm. if they say, thus saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because we have all this evidence in the Old Testament and in the New of of false prophets. So so you, what... Well, the first what, word of Jesus was, do not be deceived. So yeah, can yeah. I... Yeah, uh, the, regarding prophets and prophecies and interpreting them and... For those of you who follow your favorite prophets, and you know many of them have spoken this and that, and some give flowery hope and promise and prosperity, and this is going to end soon, and this will all turn out okay, and blah, blah, blah. And then others say doom and gloom, and the calendar is going to fly apart and everything else. Um, you know, in the, in the first foretelling, the prophetic word of Jesus coming the first time, there were prophecies that seemed to contradict each other. 
I remember specifically the example of those who, who prophesied that he would be born in Bethlehem, those who said he would be a Nazarite, or come out of Nazarene, Nazarene, yeah. Nazarene sorry, and those who said he would come out of Egypt. So you have three different places, supposedly. Now, who's right? We always take such a literal, legalistic interpretation of everything and, and, and a linear, linear interpretation, and, and okay, it's either got to be this, this, or this. And that's not true because in this actual, how it turns out, God had told them three different things and they were all correct. But if you would have said, well, this guy missed the mark. He said, he said Egypt and he said Bethlehem. You know, here's, here's what's happening. Here's how I see it. This is like a big puzzle, a big, huge picture that God wants us to understand. But what is happening here is um, one prophet gets one little piece over in the, in the left, upper left corner. Another prophet gets a little piece over in the, in the south, you know, uh, east corner. You know, so you have lower, you know, if all these things, they are all true, but we don't know how they connect. And so therefore we're, we're, we think we have to choose, but I believe we need to say, what is this? And let the Lord give you the interpretation. I think generally we know that as a nation, as a church, I mean, we're trying to blame the politicians, which, yes, indeed, we can lay a lot of blame at their doorstep, but why did they get by with this? Why were they able to do human sacrifices? Why were they able to worship at the Bohemian Groves? Why were they able to um, have the sex trafficking? And it just went on and on and on. Why have they done six, 62 million abortions in the last 48 years and get by with it? And did they just do it? No, the people did it. Well, why did the people do it? Because they had lost their way because they had been counseled by humanism, by the God of this world, um, to believe that this was acceptable, this was okay, this was legal. And so what has happened is we become um, confused. But going back to the prophets for a second, I enjoy listening to all of them. And then I, I, I ponder it. I let the Lord show me, okay, this piece, you know, because I believe they all have lots of stuff right. And even some who've said, you know, you know, Trump is going to get elected, have a second term, blah, 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 blah. And, and then they back off from their prophecies. I, I think to them myself, you know what? You still may be right, but why do you back off and, and, and unbelieve yourself so quickly? Why don't you wait and see what God is doing? We all think it has to be done in a certain time, and by the, the 20th of January, or January, it has to be all finalized. It is not finalized, people. And according to the prophets, if you take them as a whole, you're going to have a better picture of what to look for than being confused all the time. But we do know the basics, that we have rebelled against God. We have sinned against God. And what does God expect us to do? Well, part of the reason that the enemy has been given so much power, because the church has abdicated, abdicated, gotten conformed to this world. Got to play church. You know, like you mentioned, you know, humanism, um, just have turned away from the Lord. Turned uh, Jesus, uh, Paul told Timothy, in the last days, people will be turned away from these false teachers. Itching ears. (laughs) Yeah, itching ears. Mm -hmm. They will turn the people away from the truth and be turned to fables. So what we've got going on in our nation, and even in the church. Uh, Isaiah, I think it's chapter 5, verse uh, 20, Woe unto those who call evil good and good evil. So this is is how distorted things are. There's a different, you know, a lot of people, even in the church, don't know the difference between light and darkness, uh, evil from good anymore. Well, the reason that is because we have been slipped you know, they slip something into your drink that puts you into a stupor. Drugged. Oh, yeah. 
the, the enemy has slipped a counterfeit gospel into our into our drink into the into the word of God. The word of God is good, but even in Paul's day, he was saying, "Who has bewitched you?" In Galatians, he's already uh, screaming from the house on, "What's going on here, you guys? We sent you, we gave you the right gospel, the right Jesus, and now people are coming by, and you might be willing, you might even fall for it." Um, and so he's talking about being bewitched. And I believe this bewitching has undone the church. If there's any crisis in this world right now, it is the crisis of the church of Jesus Christ pr- yes. practicing a counterfeit gospel and being bewitched, which has let the pe- led the people, uh, left the people confused about what is going on. So here's the deal. You know, many of you are going to churches that are... Um, contaminated. They're counterfeit. They're not preaching the true powerful gospel of Jesus Christ according to the word of God, according to the New Testament, according to the epistles, according to Paul. You're not seeing the signs and wonders. You're not seeing the fruit. Um, And if you don't see the right fruit, you've got the wrong gospel. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the evidence of that truth is the fruit. And so if the fruit is mediocre, the fruit is scary, fearful, this, the, the fruit is complying with the dictates of the humanists and the liars, then it's not the fruit of power and joy. The, the church, here's the deal. God is letting, permitting all of this stuff to happen. It's not that he wants it to happen. He's not, you know, he, he loves us. He wants us to come forth victorious, but he also is calling forth his bride. This, I asked the Lord a couple of days ago, what in the world is going on here? I mean, right around last week, in the middle of the week. What is going on here? And he said, I am giving you a window of time. This is a birth process. In this process of rebirth, I believe the church of Jesus Christ, the bride of Christ, is going to come through a birth canal that will cause her to come forth in a place of conversion. You know, when Jesus said to Peter, Satan has desired to have you to sift you as weak. Jesus said back to Peter, but I have prayed for you. And when you are converted, now that may not be the word used anymore, but in the old King James, that's the word. When you are converted. It means, excuse me, it means turned again. Okay, when you turn back, when you turn again, again, when you come back, strengthen your brethren. So we, we see that we are, as a church, Satan has sifted us as wheat to try to destroy us, to try to get us to be um, uh, confused, to be to, to relinquish, to let go of the power and the authority that Jesus Christ gave the disciples, power to cast out devils and heal the sick. Don't people need devils cast out of them today? Is that, that all done? Is that all gone? Are people not sick anymore? What is going on? Because we are preaching a, a mixed gospel in the church. And the church has been promoted, especially the churches that preach that counterfeit gospel. And they, they're comfortable. They, um, they're, they're full of man fear. They're full of witchcraft. They're full of self-effort. The, the ways, of, yes, self-help. The ways of the world, and they're not relying upon God. And I'm not judging any particular church. I'm just giving you some standards by which you can look, because we do have to, you know, discern things. Dis- discerning is different than judging. Judging means you're going to tell it what to do and where to go. That's not it. We're not judging it. God is going to judge it, but we must discern. He said. Even in Matthew, he said, you know, discern. Um, don't throw your pearls before swine. You, you have to discern if it's a swine or not in order to be obedient to not throw your pearl before it. And so we have to understand that there's um, a lot of sifting, a lot of, you know, refining going on. But we're in a birth 
process, a birth canal right now. I think I think it's going to last about three months. Um, and we must come through. I don't know. I'm not pro- prophesying, but it's a, it's a period of time. And it's going to be a time of squeezing, um, uncomfortable. Um, it has It's a process. And you are helpless in that process in some ways as an infant going through the birth canal. The, the, the body is, is doing its thing. The muscles are doing their thing to deliver you safely out uh, through that birth canal. And so, but God is really interested. We are in the end days, but we're having to be prepared for the end days. Well, it's, uh, we're at the point, too, where, you know, there, there's a separation going on. We think, oh, man, there's, you know, <clears throat> so much division in our country and stuff like that. So, you know, our current uh, illegal president, anyway, is calling for unity, you know, and it's like, um, how can you be united when you're fighting against God and, and, and people, fighting. people are, you know, lying and misrepresenting, you know, the truth and all that sort of thing? Um, but it's but causing the, the a division. Divi- the division is yeah. good. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. You know, peace. But a, but I came to bring a sword. Mm-hmm. You know, there's division. There's division. Um, we're seeing the wheat from the chaff being sorted. Yeah, separation. The, the, the wheat from the mm-hmm. tares. It, it's, you know, uh, finally that's going to be the ultimate separation between the lost and the saved. You know, mm-hmm. uh the new heaven and the new earth of the lake of fire, that's an ultimate division. But right now we're seeing, you know, when the squeeze is on, mm-hmm. we're seeing true manifest, colors. The yeah. true colors. Mm-hmm. We're yeah. going to see the people, some people that we thought were uh, with us uh, are going to be uh, proved to be against the true to be traitors. And, and so, but that separation is really good. Right, exactly. Who are the true right. ones? Well, who are the who are the who are the we could say the remnant, the, yes, the ones yeah. who are really being there to to uh, serve the Lord. Well, exactly, and I think people are so afraid that this division is so detrimental. Well, it is when Satan tries to take down someone, he divides and conquers through lies and through right. um, division. And so to bring that that war, because he, he needs us to fight against each other, because that's he is not permitted, really. He can stir up wars, he can stir up the lies, he can stir up the rumors, but he really cannot get us to punch out one another. He has to get us uh, com, uh, committed to his his plan, his purpose, his whatever, his agenda, and then we begin to turn against one another. But we have to also realize that even in this process of sorting and division, there is a good thing happening because, like you said, the wheat from the tares, the, you know, the, the and in and, and John, I mean, uh, Matthew, John the Baptist, oh, interesting yeah. what he says. He shows up on the scene in chapter 3, verse 1, in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judah. Judea, sorry, and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, and the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Well, Jesus is coming again. This was for his um, first uh, review, uh, first um, uh, exposing to the nations of the earth in the human form as Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But he's coming again to claim and take for himself that which is rightfully his, to get the harvest. But he says, when, in verse 7, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, brood of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Was this a politically correct statement? Was this judging? Or was this discerning? 
or was John the Baptist just his own man and he wasn't controlled by the general elite of the day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious people, and the, and the common people were sitting right there listening to him. He, he was simply telling the truth. Right. So he says, therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. So if you're telling me or you're telling God that you've changed your mind, you've confessed your sin, then the next thing is to bring forth fruit worthy of repentance. And do not think of yourselves that we have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Do not think that because we have been identified as a Christian nation or as we have been, we have been raised in church or we're Protestants, we're Baptists, we're Catholic. Do not think that because you have those labels on you that you are necessarily a son, uh, a follower of Jesus Christ, part of the bride of Christ. He says, God, if he wanted to make children for Abraham out of stones, he could have done it. So come on, get with the program here. God is that powerful, and he's not going to be deceived by your uh, arguments. And even now, he says, listen, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Okay, so there is a sorting process, there's a dividing process, and we're in it now. And ultimately, it's not going to matter who was the president for four years or four months. What is going to matter is where do you end up? And you know what? We have to give an account of ourselves to God. And some of the people are almost beyond recognizing any need to do that. They're so swept away in the lies. They're so blackmailed. They're so bribed. They're so controlled. Um, they've given their power and authority over to Satan himself. Literally, can you believe it? Yes, they have. But but John goes on to say, the axe is laid to the root of the tree. What defense does a tree have against an axe? Nothing. The axe is empowered, uh, held uh, by the, the, the woodsman. And so when God begins to sort out and take after the roots, there is no power for the tree to stand against the axe. He says, and I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. So that water... Baptism in the Jordan was a sign or a symbol of repenting of them laying down their um, their ways to follow God. But he says, one is coming after me who is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to um, un- unloose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And this is where we're at. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He is sorting. He's thoroughly purging his thrashing floor, gathering his wheat into barns. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. This is exactly where we're at. You say, well, how can that be? Well, you just watch. Watch the people, like Jerry said, the people that are, are you thought were loyal to God were following through, and all of a sudden they cave, and they give in, and they take a bribe, and they, and they um, betray you know, whether it's political or personal. And so we, but this is not about me judging someone else and what they're doing. I observe what they're doing. But for me, this is about me and God. And as you get closer to God and get more intimate with God and more um, in conversation, and don't rely on, well, I went to Bible school or, well, I didn't go to Bible school or rely on this now that this is your moment to make things right with God, to get on your knees, get on your face, talk to him, listen to him, and repent, change your mind, be converted, and then do what he says. And uh, there are some people that are you know, prophesying there's going to be this great awakening in our land, in the United States, let's say. Um, well, God's able to do it. God did it in the days of Nineveh when mm-hmm. Jonah came. There was a, there was a mass of repentance. Probably the you know, just, he said, forty in 40 days, basically your city is toast. 
you're going to be overthrown, you're going to be destroyed. And there was there was a fear of God that came upon yeah. it was the city a fear of, of God Nineveh. That did it, yeah. I mean, the king fasted and they put sackcloth even on the animals. Yeah. And there was a great, great turning to God. There was a true repentance. Will this happen on a massive scale? Uh, some people, uh, it, it appears, well, we don't know. We don't know for sure who's who's able to repent and who's beyond repentance. Some are beyond repentance. Some never will. Some will. But here's the issue. The issue is, it's not what they are doing, but what are you doing, right? What are we doing? Right, amen. We give an account of ourselves yeah, to God. Every one of us shall give an account of ourselves to God. Now, here, here's, let's, we're kind of getting toward the end of our time today here, but... Second Timothy chapter three, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, times that are hard to deal with, distressful, hard to deal with. We say, what is this? What is going on? We go on, men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, a lot of uns here, <laughs> slanderers without self-control, brutal, brutal despisers of good. This is this is our dis- a description of what's going on in our culture. Traitors, Second Timothy three four, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness that we've been talking about here, but denying its what power, power. Mm-hmm. the power of, and from such people turn away. And it goes on; they're ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Information, information, information without mm-hmm. truth. Yeah, they resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds. Dis, disapprove concerning the faith, but but verse nine of Second Timothy three, they will proceed no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. So there, there's going to be a judgment. The God is going to bring an end to this. Mm-hmm. The judgment of God is is coming upon those who are wicked and who have you know just refused to repent. Well, Matthew think. 13 he talks jesus talks gives several parables about the kingdom of god and uh i would really encourage you chapter 13 of matthew to read them the first one he gives um after the the sower and the soil the second one is about the wheat and the tares and let me just clue you up a little bit that those tares look like wheat we have a lot of people among us who are not of us i don't even think they're human i don't know if they have souls don't be fooled there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes uh, in the skies and under the ground that you and I would be shocked to really know that we know that they are actually creating entities that uh, are humanoid, if you will. We already have the robots dancing, dancing in the midst of us. So we have the wheat and tares. Then we have the mustard seed. Then we have the parable of the, of, of the leaven. Then we have um, the dragnet. We have the hidden treasures, the, per- the pearl of great price. And we have the dragnet. And the dragnet, it says, and Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast out into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they they drew it to the shore and they sat down and gathered the good into the vessel and threw away the bad. So it, this, so it will be at the end of the age. The, the angels will come forth, separate and separate the wicked from among the just and cast them into the furnace of fire, there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. I think that's pretty simple. That's pretty straightforward. That's pretty black and white. Um, but now for now, we have this dragnet that's full of everything. And only God can sort it out and only he will. And only he can sort out the, 
the tares from the wheat. We don't get to do that. But pray to God that you're one of the good fish and you're, you're part of the wheat. And so, again, just to say that when we're trying to discern what is going on out here and we follow our favorite prophet, um, <laughs> and some of them are, you know, off a little. I, I, I can't say, and I endorse every one of them, but you allow, this is a picture God is giving us of the parables. There's this aspect, there's this aspect, there's this timetable, there's this going to happen. Stand back and, but if you spend time with God and open his word, you will know what is going on more than if you listen to CNN. For example, I just thought of this this morning. The last people to know what's really going on are the ones who listen to the fake news. Yeah, exactly. And 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 don't look to another prophet to, you know, I need a word from God. Yeah. Open your Bible. Yeah. You've got the word from God right there. Yeah. And uh, he, look at this contrast here. Um, again, 2 Timothy 3, 13, 14. But evil men and imposters yeah. will grow worse and worse. We see this. Deceiving and being deceived. Oh, man, that's our world scene. But you, that's them. What about you? But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Timothy, in the case, he knew the Scriptures from childhood. And uh, and, and then he says, um, and, and then through the influence of the Apostle Paul, a true man of God bringing him uh, truth, true revelation, he says, I charge you, Second Timothy 4.1, in other words, I command you, do this. Therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, Mm -hmm. be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We referred to that earlier. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears from the truth and be turned to fables. But here, here's here's a here's another. But you, right? Verse five. But you, we could say that to you, to me, all of us here. But you, be watchful in all things. Mm-hmm. Be watchful. Be alert as to what's going on. Endure afflictions. There's afflictions. Endure them. Just don't let them let them take you over, not mm-hmm. take you under. Do the work of an evangelist. And share the good news of Jesus Christ every opportunity you have. And fulfill your ministry. Mm -hmm. What has God called you to do? Do it. Keep Uh, taking the steps. No excuses. Just go ahead. Yes, as we know that our Lord God, the King of Kings, is returning, he has given us a command to occupy until I come. So do not be weary and do not be afraid. Now, there are many good sources of information out there. They're putting together the trajectory of the Lord God and his return and all the timelines and how these things work together and Daniel, the book of Daniel and various other things. But the thing is to occupy means you be attentive. Uh, John the Baptist called them a brood of vipers. He was calling them to uh, give an account of themselves. We will have to give an account of ourselves, of our own particular personal ministry. But you say, well, wait a minute, I'm so inundated with troubles. I am so down with all the health issues and the finances and no job and my kids are fighting. Well, that's all the more reason for you to get in your closet, get on your knees, cry out to God, 
These things that you cannot solve or resolve, God has got the answer for them. And just one more thing to um, remind us of, when Jesus was telling the disciples that he was going to go to the cross, and he tried to warn them, alert them that some really bad things were going to happen, um, they couldn't get it. They, they, they didn't want to hear it. Peter actually said, you know, not, not so. There's no, Jesus said, I have to go to the cross. Peter and the gang had a better, I think, a different idea, not better, but a different idea of how that should go down. And so they were trying to tell the Lord what to do, what wasn't going to happen. And Jesus actually rebuked Satan, who was talking to Peter. He said, get behind me, Satan. I think that's Matthew 16. Um, yeah. And so, and, and he says, get behind me, Satan, 1623. Uh, for you are an offense, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but of the things of men. So we don't want to lay our own analysis on what is going on here. We do know that Jesus Christ died on the cross once. That's done. He's not going to go to the cross again. The best news is that he is coming back, and he's coming back for a bride, for a church without spot or wrinkle. And right now, she is in the birth canal. She is being going through that process of being restored, converted, uh, and brought back to almost like a, a second birth, reborn again into the truth of God's of God's uh, kingdom. And know this, uh, Psalm nine eight through ten, He shall judge the world in righteousness, mm-hmm. and He shall administer judgment for the peoples in uprightness. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a, ref- a refuge in times of trouble, and those who know Your name will put their trust in you, for you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Where's that? Psalm 9, verses 8 through 10. And Mm -hmm. then here's, out of this comes verse 11. Sing praises to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Declare his deeds among the people. Among the people. So he is... Your, he's our refuge. And our strength. Uh, and then in 19, not going to, for, he, he says, Arise, O Lord, and do not let man prevail. Let the nations be judged in your sight. Put them in fear, O Lord. That's the kind of fear we need, that the nations the may know themselves to be but men. So, Father God, we thank you that you are arising, and this is exciting, and we are not afraid. We're so excited to be involved in your return, in your rising up to do battle, to defend the truth, to put down wickedness, to expose those imposters among us. Father, we just thank you that you will encourage the people now to seek you, praise you, receive instruction, not to be afraid, to know that you've got this, that they do not need to be afraid of man. For what can man do to us? Lord, we want to fear you, praise you, and bless you, and thank you for whatever's coming up this day, tomorrow, this week, the rest of this month, the next month, the next month, and the next month, until you prevail and show yourself strong in the midst of us, Father. Amen. And Luke twenty one twenty eight. Now, when these things begin to happen, all these things we've been talking about, and they're happening, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We look forward to your appearing. In the meantime, in this meantime, you're taking care of us. The righteous are not being forsaken. Amen. We're, 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 you are our refuge and strength. Amen. You will keep us. You will prove yourself faithful Hallelujah. to us over and over again. You were faithful yesterday. You were faithful today. 
and you'll be faithful to us in the days to come. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.